So guys, welcome back to the NT Talks podcast. And today I have got a real special guest, considering my OG within the, the NFT space. Uh, I would say NFT collector, NFT creator, but I don't think he's just, just, he's just calling him an NFT collector because he's been collecting pretty much everything <laughs> uh, he can get his hands on. Uh, but I'd like to welcome Fran uh, as our guest today. How you doing, bro? Doing good. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate Thanks. it. Thanks for coming. I know like you're a busy man and you've been doing a you've been very active in the NFT space. And I, I know that for me from my, my experience firsthand, because I, I came across you more so on Instagram uh, as a guy, just anything that was dropping last year, you was the guy posting about it. And you had right. at least four <laughs> or, or more uh, of it talking about the experience and whatnot. So before we uh, talk about all the things you've done and you've achieved so far. Just give me a bit of a, a background on yourself, um, because I, I believe this isn't the first time you started collecting. You've been collecting for a while, right? Yeah, I've uh, pretty much been a lifelong collector, um, you know, really young with Beanie Babies and a little bit older, Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Magic the Gathering. Um, I've always collected and traded it. You know, that's a collection that you could wear. And start conversations when you're, you know, out and about. You know, I can really bring my Pokemon cards around with me, showing them off or anything like that. And so, um, really early on in 2008, I started uploading sneaker reviews on YouTube. Um, at this time, it was pretty much unheard of. Uh, now there's whole industries around it, and um, it's the norm. But you know, um, many years ago, it was uh, definitely not the norm. And so, um, yeah, I, I did that. And then uh, later on, I transitioned into um, uh, starting my own footwear brand and got some legendary collaborations with like BBC, Jeff Staples, uh, to name a few, and um, did that. And in 2017, um, started going down the road of crypto. Um, I got in right at the top uh, last time. And so, you know, I think I started buying Bitcoin at like um, 11,000. And then a week later, it was 19,000. I was like, yo, this is crazy. And that was the top. And so um, I actually stuck with it. And uh, you know, my thesis remained the, sta- the same, just like anything, when I get into it, I'm, I'm really like obsessive over it. And so watch every documentary, every interview, anything I can find on Bitcoin to learn about mm-hmm. Bitcoin crypto. And in this time I would hear about NFTs and I was like, oh, that's a scam. You know, just someone trying to take your crypto away from you. And all they're giving you is this like digital picture. Like, what is this? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until um, last year, um, the VV app released um, licensed digital collectibles. And so Batman, Powerpuff Girls, you know, I, I come from like the nerd world. So all of this connected with me and um, as well as uh, playing online games, um, like World of Warcraft for over a decade, these um, digital assets in this game, you know, a decade ago were $60 and now they go for you know, five figures. And so I've already seen what happens with digital collectibles that stay, stay in uh, pristine condition, can't mm. be damaged, can't be flawed over time. Um, I've seen what happens with that. And so um, I was ready to make that leap once I saw the Batman NFTs and stuff like this. Um, I saw that this was kind of the future and um, it, so many applications for gaming and, and pretty much anything else. And so um, it excited me just as much as Bitcoin and crypto did years before. And so I jumped all in last year. Uh, and and you, you, when you say you jumped all in, you don't you you really did jump all in because I mean, I, I mean I, I can't imagine your your collection that you you've got with NFTs. But what would you say? Would you say that was did you buy the the Batman the VV Batman's first and was it that was your first NFT? Was it or yeah. 
Yeah, I was on VV for about a month and um, instantly I was uh, trading and stuff like this. I was literally walking around the market with two phones uh, doing broker deals and stuff on NFTs and stuff like I, I was nonstop with it. And uh, I was flipping there and uh, it was about a month later I got on to OpenSeas. And about a month after that, I think is when I got my um, ape and my CryptoPunk. Uh, my CryptoPunk was like, you know, the first really large uh, purchase because you got to remember this time apes just just came out. So I think the ape was like a thousand bucks. And so um, the CryptoPunk, um, uh, I spent 30, 30K on it with the hopes of um, that asset appreciating to 100K. And it did so in like a month and a half. And so um I probably sold it too early, but I, I ended up selling that once I reached my target with it. And that was the first like um, big flip in, in the space. What's your stance? Okay, so now you mentioned about flips uh, to when you entered the space, uh, buying NFTs to how you approach buying NFTs now. Is, you, are you, is that your same intention? Are you looking to make money or are you buying for utility now? Now you've, you've been involved. I mean, you're telling me what, has it changed over time or is it just still the same? So I, I do go for both. I go for utility and I go for flips and um, each project, uh, I have a different approach, you know, something that maybe just meant it, I, I'm probably going to look to flip it and um, something else with like, um, you know, um, legacy behind it or a proven track record, like example, Artifact, when that released, that's something I knew I wanted to hold on to. And then especially after the announcement that Nike acquired them, you know, that has all the, the signs to me of, of something worth holding on to long-term. In my opinion, you know, Nike sees what uh, Yuga Labs did with Board Apes. And they're going to want to match it, if not surpass it as much as, can, uh, as much as they can by adding value. And mm -hmm. so, you know, um, each project I approach completely differently. And yeah, I still have fun flipping, um, even on Solana as of late. I'll grab something for one or two soul and flip it for six or eight soul or something like that. And um, I definitely enjoy both aspects uh, of it. Yeah. Which would you, would you, which has been the most exciting part so far for you? Because I mean, you being a, a collector from collecting like straight sneakers, uh, streetwear, then now you're slowly starting to see the streetwear culture enter the space and do collaborations like we've seen Bobby Hundreds with the, the Board Apes. That was one of the first big collabs I've seen uh, when it comes to streetwear. And there's been a lot more with our French Montana Coke boys entering and whatnot. So what's the bit, what, what would you say has been the highlight for you so far when it comes to that world meeting NFTs? Um, for me, it's uh, the fact that I've been able to get involved with it. Um, you know, I, I came from uh, streetwear and sneakers. And so with the Board Apes, one of the awesome things is um, the IP rights. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, I was able to do uh, sneaker collaborations, even the shirt I'm wearing today features like my mutant and my ape. And this was a collaboration with uh, Nikki Diamonds. And so um, really NFTs across the board, they, they level the playing field in a way that hasn't been available. First, you could say level the playing field with just acquiring art. Um, you know, uh, last year when art blocks was popping off, people were selling stuff for like close to or around a million dollars. And it's just something they minted two weeks ago. And so um, really, we didn't have access to, um, you know, this, these rare art collections or anything like this. So, or an artist um, be able to get into those art galleries in the first place. So it levels so many playing fields for the collector, the creator, um, and even someone who wants to jump in, maybe they've already killed it in legacy um, brands. They really have to adapt over here because it's a completely different mindset. So again, it levels the playing field for everyone. And I think that's awesome. 
Yeah, I love that too, man. Now, tell me a bit more about, I don't want to kind of brush over it because that's a massive achievement that you, the collaboration you had with obviously Nicky Diamonds like as a, a, a old school OG brand kind of into the space. Why did they come to you, Fran? Why was you the chosen one? <laughs> yeah, so I've known um, Nicky Diamonds for many years. And so, um, yeah, um, very early on, a lot of people in the industry were reaching out to me really just to kind of learn more about Web3. And Nicky Diamonds was one of those people at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. calling me up like, wait, <laughs> so what's mint? And like, you know, really just, uh, going through all, all, all the ropes of it. And you know, that, that's fun for me. And so, um, yeah, he he got in, he he grabbed an ape, uh, I think grabbed a mutant, grabbed some gutter cats and stuff like this. And, you know, we would often be on the same spaces, just that connection of um, streetwear and stuff like this. And so um, after one of the spaces, we got on a call and he's like, wait, so what was that you're talking about with IP rights and everything like this? And so I kind of explained it and it kind of went from there as um, we, uh, we collaborated as well. He reached out with a couple other uh, ape holders. So there's multiple holders involved in this collaboration. So, you know, multiple people with the membership were um, uh, already putting their apes to use through this one project. And now he has a wave two uh, that I think just dropped or is dropping with a completely different uh, list of holders. Again, just kind of adding value to someone who already had the asset and was already getting, um, you know, airdrops from Yuga Labs, now they can go ahead and in between those airdrops, go ahead and do collaborations, whether it's in TV, food, clothing, music. Uh, we've seen the apes used in so many ways and it really just scratching the surface so far. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna hear your insights on like, um, I've got my, um, how I see things potentially going with in the future with sneakers, NFTs and sneakers, collectibles. As a sneaker collector, um, what role does NFTs play? Um, is it a positive or is it a negative um, in regards to trading? Yeah, so there's a lot of different ways. That it's it's already starting to play out and probably ways that we can't even imagine. Even like what StockX was trying to do with the fact that you never even have to receive the actual sneaker. You can buy the NFT of like, let's say the new Travis shoe and a month later it appreciates by a thousand bucks or whatever. You never had to receive it. This ship it out to them you have a um basically like a redeemable pass for said sneaker which you can redeem it or sell it uh, i think that has huge implications and then what artifact is doing the fact that you're buying this digital sneaker that you know that already has its own value and its own utility and you can still redeem it for the physical and um, have that in, in your collection as well i think that's amazing and I'm sure there's ways that uh, brands are going to be using it that we haven't even thought of yet as well. Yeah, I'm really interested about that, the fact that you can trade. Because obviously, when you buy a sneaker, you don't want to wear it, don't you? Because you want to hold the value of the sneaker. So with the thing with StockX, I think Nike were trying to sue them, weren't they? Because they were doing it. Like, yeah. But I mean, but the concept of it, the concept. An, an entity, and it represents ownership of this trainer, it doesn't have to leave the, the safe, and you can trade it instantly. So you almost can do instant trades and you get it first you can trade it make 100 or 300 dollars off it from someone across the world i think it opens a global market too for collectors um but does does that is that is that a good thing if it's a global market more people get access to these trainers is that good for them is that good for a collector or bad yeah i mean i think it's a good thing any new tech pushing uh, this forward i think is good and also for me another big reason why i made the, the leap over to nfts from sneakers is you always have people flaking 
And with NFTs, you know, you have it listed, you know, that, that exchange happens instantly. If, if someone wants your asset, they're switching over the crypto for it and that happens instantly. And so, yeah, I mean, that alone is just uh, already a, a game changer. Now, um, the fact that, you know, like we said, you don't even have to receive the physical good in the first place. There's just so many ways that this is changing everything. And really, I think NFTs, that's what NFTs are, is just like, that's how we're going to be doing transactions moving forward is it's going to be on the blockchain and there's going to be a track record of who got what, when and how long they had it for. Yeah. And you, I mean, so I want to go a bit more about yourself personally. Obviously, you built a name for yourself. I think I consider like uh, within the space. Obviously, you've been rubbing shoulders with a lot of people, a lot of the builders. Uh, they will come to you and, and like you said, yeah, collaboration with uh, Nikki Diamonds. I've seen you at VCon. I mean, have you had conversations with Gary V? Um, have you connected uh, <laughs> If so, what, yes, I... they have, what kind of conversations with them? Yeah, I haven't uh, connected with him. I actually met him once at uh, ComplexCon. Again, when I, when I had my footwear brand, his booth was like right next to ours. So uh, I met him then. But yeah, man, that guy's been inspiring me for years. Um, even when I first started YouTube at that time, he had just put out a book. I think it's called Crush It. And it was talking about social media and, and stuff like this. And so, uh, yeah, I've been following him closely since I, I got into Web2, really. And so... Um, yeah, very uh, inspiring, and um, I think it's so dope uh, what he's done with his project. And even like you mentioned, Vcon, um, you know, the fact that we're already seeing uh, um, sporting arenas not filled but being used yeah. for these things, it shows that we're um, we're still early because there's potential for that to grow. Where the whole arena is filled mm -hmm. with one type of audience for a project, and, and um, there's just so much potential. Really, I walked away from that event really inspired um just because of the, the possibility ahead and how everyone is just as fascinated and just as excited but no one really knows what's on the other side yet yeah. and so i think that that's the the most exciting part is uh you know when i started youtube um there was no way for me to know that the connections i'd be making or the collaborations i'd have or anything like this and that you know that was just part of the journey and i think in that same way um that's what lies ahead with web3 is there's so much we can't even imagine that's coming. Um, we're just so early. So is that is that a fan fest on the cards then? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so I do have my own NFT project with sneaker punks. And so I do want to have um, real life experiences and, and stuff like this. Uh, I don't know about a, a fan fest, but, you know, probably meet up at a bar or something at least. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, so let's, okay, let's, let's talk about the metaverse, right? Like, obviously, what's your thoughts on the, the major buzzword? So broad, means so many different mm -hmm. things. What's your thoughts? How do you think NFTs um, and Metaverse works together? And what does it look like for you in the future, potentially, like in regards to your involvement, at least anyway? Yeah, so uh, like I said, when I got into NFTs last year, I've been a lifelong collector. And one of the first things I did is I had all my original, um, I've, I've been an obsessive collector my whole life. So the original Super Nintendo games with their booklets and the little plastic pouches and the boxes, I yeah, yeah. from Super Nintendo to PlayStation and on, um, you know, with, with um, Nintendo and stuff like this, I had some of those games and I, I traded it in. And that was the first time I ever like, uh, like lost my, my collectibles or my assets. And yeah. since then, I, I kept all of it. And so uh, when I got into NTs last year, I, I sold my whole video game collection. Mm -hmm. And the reason uh, being is, I think this changes gaming forever. I think that's what Metaverse will do is the, the fact that you have these digital assets that will transfer with you from, you know, I don't even know what gen we're in with gaming, gen seven to eight to nine or whatever. You'll have these same assets that carry on in pristine condition. 
And so um, I think gaming as we know it changes. Um, and um, even with a game like Fortnite, when that first came out, I was collecting all the skins, you know, each new skin, oh, gotta get that skin, gotta get it. But I don't own it though. I, I don't own it. I have the license to use it. And, you know, Fortnite 2 comes out, uh, they probably won't be transferable. Most games it, it isn't. Maybe with all this um, Web3 stuff, they happen to be transferable this time around, but in general, that's not usually a thing. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say, if you listen to any of the podcasts, I talk about the gaming side of it. And the thing that I say, the out, the amount of hours I spent on games, and you'd mentioned Warcraft, the amount of hours we spend playing games, and we, when you're ready to stop playing that game, you, you just leave everything in there. Uh, whereas if you're able to collect and gain and build, and that could be either sold on at a later stage, so you're, you're getting some financial benefit for your time that you spent in that yeah. game. I think that concept's amazing because at least you're getting something from it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hours I spent playing games, so that's that's what I love about it. Like, I, Especially like GTA, like when you, you're building <laughs> character and you're, you're buying buildings and you and if that was worth something uh, as an entity that you carry on, that that's that would be amazing. So I look forward to something like that happening. Um, oh, yeah. All that's coming for sure. It, so, okay, so I, I want to know a bit about conversations. Like I said, you, you're in circles. What are you looking forward to? In, in the next, this year, I mean, what would you consider the next big thing that's really going to kick off? Obviously, at art, um, that's been obviously the, the, the spearhead, if you're going to call it all this crypto art and whatnot. But what, what other things are you thinking that, okay, really going to take off this year? Uh, that really that grow? Yeah, it's hard to say what exactly is going to take off this year specifically, but, um, you know, we've been talking so much about gaming. That's really, to me, that's that, that's the, the thing I'm most excited for. And, you know, like the other side, um, they're going to have their alpha or their beta in July. So I'm yeah. looking forward to that. I was able to get the um, the alpha land for having the, the board ape. And so, uh, you know, they've showed the little teaser clip of it so far. And We'll have to wait and see. You know, there's already so much speculation. Are, are the resources is going to be something that we generate that we can sell? Um, you know, th there's already um, NFTs like um, CyberKongs where they're generating banana coin um, for the Genesis, and then the babies are generating NFTs. And with those NFTs, I'm already selling those NFTs. They're they're, they're generating every like four or five days, and so um, that's every week basically. I'm getting an NFT that's worth about 100 to 200 dollars just generating passively. And so you can imagine if other side is able to be anywhere near as successful as any of the top, I don't know, 20 games or whatever, you can imagine these assets that are just generating really having um, um, some potential value there. And so I think that's really exciting to me is um, playing a game and, and passively earning through it. Okay. And if, if, we, if we talk about a project, and I've got a feeling which one you'll go with, but if we talk about some an, an empty project that you feel that has done it right, consistently over the period of time that you've been invested within the space what project would you say would that be yeah there's some projects that i really like that um i, I think um have really um been kind of slept on and some of those that cyber kong like i was mentioning mm -hmm. um uh cool cats um um and then also even like on uh, lower price points mm -hmm. um uh, galaxy fight club they already have a, a beta of their game. And originally the the pitch when I minted it last year was it's supposed to be like the Smash Brothers of Web3. Mm -hmm. Now it's more like a, a like League of Legends or like a MOBA type game. But right. still the fact that you can plug in your Bored Ape or your Cyber Kong or your Cool Cat or your Galaxy Fight Club characters mm -hmm. and fight and level that up and, and earn weapons and upgrade those weapons. And that that's already existing. You, you can play that now. And, and so um, I, I think... Um, that that's a project that's really getting slept on. 
another project that's even at a lower price point, non-fungible uh, heroes. Uh, right when I saw them, the artwork is, was amazing, but now their partnership with non-fungible films, the fact that there's going to be show based around these characters, now you could potentially have a character that's in the show and how much will that uh, appreciate the asset and, and so on. And so there's a lot of projects that have been consistently building yeah. and, and doing it well and pushing the space forward and, and people, you know, they say they want this utility. Well, it's here and, uh, and where are people at for it? And so, yeah, it's funny. I feel like it's uh, the utility argument is um, okay. Everyone wants a utility, but then it's all about can the team deliver on that? Mm -hmm. I think that's an important thing because, uh, especially at the start last year, a lot of promises in regards to yep. roadmaps, and then nothing. He's just kind of mm -hmm. gone blank. So, and I'm sure you probably even come across a lot of them projects too, being a yep. an investor. So, what would you how what would you set give advice wise for anyone that is wanting to get into uh, buying POVs particularly? Um, looking at roadmaps, have you got any strategies in um, regards to like, okay, then this is what I do to make sure or try and avoid? Other than Board Apes uh, IP rights, I honestly, for the first year, hardly if ever looked at roadmaps, just because what you said is like so many, uh, you know, people can say whatever um, to sell out a project, but mm. how are they going to deliver? And so I actually didn't really use roadmaps. Um, it was the art, it was the community, it was the people talking about it in the spaces, how passionate the people were, how much the developers were getting in the spaces. It was, it was really more of a visual of what was going on with that audience and, and that team, rather than what was the list of things that they promised they were gonna check off the box. Um, and so, you know, that approach worked and failed for me multiple times. And I'm sure other people use roadmaps and that worked and failed for them. It's really what you feel comfortable with. Um, um, but for me, roadmaps, um, I laughed because everyone had the same thing. Metaverse, yada, 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 yada. You know, it's, it's the same list of stuff. And like you said, many of them didn't come through on that. And some did, uh, some did like Cyber Kongs and Cool Cats. And when they said there would be a game, there is a game. Yeah. Sure, it's not like... Um, a game like how we would think of on an Xbox or a PlayStation, but early PC games, early uh, RPG games, where it was a quest where you'd select and mm -hmm. and, and now um, you're doing those same actions, only now you're earning um, their token for it, mm -hmm. which, you know, potential utility, minting future projects from them and, and stuff like this. And so at least they they have built something that's functional and working. And, and um, with CyberKongs, I know I've mentioned them a lot, but they really do have multiple utilities with playing the game and I unlocked a physical hoodie or playing the game and I unlocked another NFT and, and stuff like this. And so um, I, I think they really make it uh, fun to mint because really what it comes down to is you're still just minting NFTs, but you're doing it through a game. So, yeah. 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 On, the, on the flip side, Fran, I want you to kind of give your kind of insights on for projects because I, I guess it's going to be a lot harder for a project to come out now. And we're talking mm -hmm. about PFPs um, because there's it's, it's a saturated market. There's so many projects dropping every day. And the type of collectors that like, are you you're i'd consider if you call them first gens and whatnot in regards to the the boom like the, you're a rare breed like you're a collector through and through you understand i remember seeing you tweet about when uh the board apes did the game and and you were you were tweeting you said you, i don't know you said 24 hours on the game or something you were smashing it out <laughs> oh yeah I, not 24 hours but yeah a lot of time for sure yeah, yeah. you're putting in time so people like yourself it makes sense and it, you're, you're doing what they, they say but as a, what would you call it? As a, a mediocre collector, someone's not that serious, but wants to make, I want to have a little dabble and see what's going on. Um, how do projects bring in the, 
bring in the masses and and get it right? Yeah, um, it's it's really hard to say how projects bring in the masses. I think on the opposite end, if, if you're someone who's looking to come in for the first time mm. uh, as a collector or whatever, um, I, I think Twitter spaces is, is the best way to really learn what's going on. And not just that, honestly, even uh, growing your reach because just spending time in this, you don't even have to go up and speak, just spending time in those rooms, you'll be gaining followers. And then even more so if, you, if you're, um, if you do get up there to ask your question and maybe you're uh, you know not wanting to go up and speak, someone might have the same exact question as you. So honestly, I spend a lot of my time in Twitter spaces. That's, I've learned a lot from it too. I've already been in the space for a year and can't even uh, count the, the number of things that I learned just from being in there, whether it may be your first time minting from a contract or, or whatever it may be. There's, there's a whole bunch of information in there uh, to learn and, and someone out there probably has information you don't have. So it's worth learning and, and networking in that way. As far as bringing the masses in, you know, it could be gaming. It could be something that we don't even uh, know yet that really is that driving factor. Um, we mentioned Gary V. He actually brought in a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people came in through his release, um, purchasing Ethereum for the first time just to get his NFTs and stuff. And so will there just be one catalyst? I, I don't think so. I think it'll be multiple. If you look at crypto, you know. There's multiple things. I know for me with NFTs, it was the Batman thing. And then the $60 million sale from people yeah. caught my eye for sure. And so some, some people that didn't catch their eye for, for whatever the, the reason. And so um, it's hard to say what that one catalyst will be. But I think, I think it's projects continuously building and can continuously innovating um, and, and pushing the space forward. I think over time, it'll bring people in. Yeah. And one thing I love about the NFT space, man, is being able to connect to pretty much anybody um mm -hmm. of all different walks of life famous established anybody like it, it's been crazy and that's from my experience so i'd love to hear your experience of like who would if there's anybody that you thought you would never meet or you would always love to meet that you've met now due to what you've what's happened over the last two years within the space who would that be i don't know if there's any like one person but i definitely like hey, fan out for sure yeah, like <laughs> Two or three. Yeah, like, yeah, I found out for sure. And even like, I don't know, like I, I spent a lot of time in the spaces. So even like the first time I like met Farouk, I was like, oh shit, like this guy's like, he's yeah. a legend and stuff like this. And um, even like uh, meeting like a Logan Paul and stuff. You know, la last year at NFT NYC, just everyone was there at all these events. And I'm sure it'll be the same way this time. And so just like I said, Twitter space is a great way to network. Um, these type of events, especially in a TNYC, just because everyone comes out for it, mm -hmm. is such a great way to network. And even taking it back to the sneaker thing is like one of the first ways that I really like made connections um, um, back in 2009, I think it was. Mm -hmm. I flew out to Atlanta for, um, there's a blog, um, there still is a blog, uh, The Shoe Game, and they had their three-year anniversary in Atlanta at a Nike store. And I, I flew out for that. And that really... Uh, uh, opened doors and made relationships for me early on uh, with, you know, people like Mayor and DJ Clark Kent and DJ Greg Street and, um, you know, Premium Pete and, and all these people. Um, and so um, really just getting out there um, and, and meeting these people and, and shaking hands, you never know what comes from it. And so that's very important is, uh, you know, stepping outside of your comfort and, and really going out there to, um, you know, if you're passionate and, and you want to learn more, getting out there and making those connections is so important. Yeah, and it seems like you're the guy to kind of do that. You kind of 
I, I see I can see it from like uh, from stories and people that mention you and whatnot. You 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 make them relationships with people, um, and people seem to like you. And what what I want to lead on to is that I remember you dropped a project, and it was like taking pictures of your, your sneakers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tell me a bit about that because everyone will find like what, what why would I collect that? But what was just tell me your story and why you created that and the success you had with it. Yeah, so basically, um, at that time, there's always different metas and stuff like this. At that time, there's like a meta of these like model chicks like taking pictures or whatever. Yeah. And so you know, I collect sneakers, and and you know, I I've been posting what I wear every day for years, um, decade, like a decade and a half or so, online. And so the idea of a collectible, um, someone who you know um, might already follow what I'm doing or whatever they might want the Travis Scott one and this one has an eight figure there and the other one and I just kind of try to do like almost like random traits almost just it was just a fun collectible um I think if I remember correctly they were free to claim or like a dollar or something it, it wasn't really anything um to like profit off of it was more just you know experimenting in web three and having fun with it um like I said I've been a lifelong collector so if I can create something where people are excited to collect and trade um I'm happy to do it and um uh, that's also what sneaker punks is is like a, a digital collectible and so i took that video game approach with the 8-bit art style for those and and that first collection really did see a premium running up into the v2 so that people were able to uh, have early access and, and mint passes for that and so um yeah just building the space creating the space has been a blast just um as someone who's already um collected created in the web 2 world bringing that over to the web 3 world has been a lot of fun so what, what have we got this bit for you in the future then, Fran, like in regards to big uh, collaborations, potentially, uh, brands? I know you're probably having conversations. Um, anything you can talk about or anything you can hint about what you're going to be doing? Yeah, so I, I do have collaborations coming in, like the, the realm of food and, and stuff like this, and um, uh, hopefully more sneakers to come as well. And so there's a lot of stuff being worked on. And um just excited to keep building in the space and keep pushing it forward with new projects in Web3, um, whether it's digital assets or, or physical. I'm going to dig a bit deeper there, Fran. The world of food, you said. So not yeah. any conversations with Andy by any chance? Or? Um, yeah, so <laughs> although, yes, um, that, that's actually not who uh, th this first project will, will be with or, or anything um, like that. But but yes, uh, I have talked. I actually talked to him early on. Uh, and kind of sat down with him about Web3 and letting him know about the utility of the board apes and stuff like this. So I'm sure he was speaking with many people at that time, but I think it was one of the first people he met with to really push him like, you know, you should definitely be grabbing a mutant, and explaining why and showing him the, the food service worker um, um, trait for the, the mutants and stuff like this. And so that was back in, I think, December or January when I met with him. And then now, just months later, him opening up the restaurant. Uh, it, it's awesome to see that, that progress in such a short amount of time. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Um, so I want to know a bit about what's the craziest thing you've seen in the space? Well, I mean, and when I say like crazy, I mean bizarre, like not financially, but just, I know there's there's a lot of things going on great, but there's some weird things that happen to also that, some that I, have just, I don't really get. Uh, what would you consider the, the weirdest thing that you've seen so far? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if it's weird or just like uh, troubling or, or, or disheartening is just all, all the scams. And there's so many different ways of it, whether it's uh, people sending items to your wallet, because it is a public wallet after all, yeah. and it might have a one ETH offer on it. And you're like, oh, great, let me accept this one ETH offer. And now you've just signed your wallet and everything gets drained or you might click a malicious link and mm -hmm. it gets drained. I have a childhood friend 
I've known him since fourth grade and uh, he, he switched over all of his, his Bitcoin to buy other side land. He got that land. That's his biggest NFT purchase. And just two weeks ago, uh, he got hacked and that's gone. And so, you know, there's a lot of um, opportunity in Web3, but if you're not careful, there's a lot of things that can go wrong too. And so, you know, really, if you're going to jump into the space, you really got to be cautious because someone's looking to make a a buck off of someone else. And uh, in this case, you know, a buck could be five, six, seven figures. And so um, it's really, uh, again, there's a life-changing opportunity. You have to know what you're doing and, and be really cautious and careful. Uh, with your approach for sure 100 I'm, I'm very uh, passionate about that onboarding people safely to the space and creating a best practice i think that's people need to kind of just before they go buy anything just need to understand the simple things like not clicking on links so simple what it can cost you if you click on the wrong yep. so, um so important i 100 agree with that um just before we round it up uh, a question that i asked to everybody um mm-hmm. to kind of tap into your their mind and see how they see the future is let's, let's go forward the next 10 years. I want you to describe a morning when you wake up and how does the world look uh, involving NFTs and the metaverse? Like, so you wake up, your alarm goes off, you wake up, what's Fran doing and, and what kind of things are you, are you using? Yeah, so, you know, with crypto, it's it's been over a decade and we haven't seen full, full adoption. It, it's way more popular, way more well-known than it was before. And so part of me wants to say it'll be on that same trajectory. However, um, I think these things um, speed up. I think these things speed up, right? And so um, in 10 years, will Bitcoin be a lot more adopted? I I think so. Will NFTs be at a higher adoption rate? I think so. I think we'll have new devices, um, you know, um, whether it's an Apple uh, VR headset or something else, maybe maybe it's a Yuga Lab device, who knows, right? um, there's so much potential out there, but I, I do think the idea of interoperability reaches us. I hope gaming um, is more willing to do that. You know, the brands we know, um, I was talking to my girlfriend about this, is how like we know the, the Microsofts, the Sonys, and the Nintendos, but right now, um, these brands have opportunity to maybe dethrone one of those brands yeah. and maybe those brands end up like Sega because they didn't um, adjust quick enough, adapt quick enough to this new world. So I think, you know, there is a lot of changes in the devices we'll be using and maybe even the brands we see in 10 years. Um, some might be making it in a way that we couldn't have imagined and some might have fallen off because they weren't willing to adapt. And so um, in these paradigm shifts, a lot can change and I think a lot will change. Yeah, and that's a that's a great ending. A lot can change. A lot will change. I believe the same, and uh, I'm looking forward to everything that's going to be happening over the next few years. And I'm sure you're going to be involved with that too. Um, yeah, Fran, thank you for, for coming on and blessing the podcast and just giving us your insights and talking about your journey so far. Uh, hopefully, we can get you on later down the line when you've you've done all these next partnerships at the end of the year. And, like we can talk about everything that you've done. Uh, but awesome. Where can people find you? Um, yeah. Um, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, anyone who uh, is looking to follow, uh, I'm in multiple places. So uh, on Twitter, that's Franalations23. Instagram, that's Franalations. And I also have my uh, Sneaker Punks project. Um, we have a Discord for that, as well as a Twitter and a um, uh, an Instagram. All of that information can be found in the, the bio of the uh, Franalations accounts. And, and yeah, um, this space is a lot of fun. Anyone who 
is somewhat curious, I definitely do recommend doing your research and, you know, jumping in with one NFT and just kind of seeing how that works out is, you know, uh, I think the best way of learning is really getting hands on. You can hear about it and you can see it, but until you own that digital asset, um, our brains are already trained for the past 20 years to be looking at digital assets and just imagine, oh, it's free. Everyone can look at it. What do you mean? Really, once you click that purchase button, um, I think that's when it starts to sink in and, and who knows, you might thoroughly enjoy it. So uh, it, it's worth taking that leap. I will love that's a good ending, man. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for tuning in, watching and listening. Um, and everyone stay listening and stay blessed. Thank you.